want to feel sexy when you're uh, when you're digging a hole in the road with your ass in the air, surrounded by hairy ass blokes in high vis vests. But but the but the interesting thing was, I say interesting. You decide. Um, well, no, yeah, well, no, well, yeah. To see the thing is, I thought that I did. I do think thought think funk thought they'd have come with some sort of instruction or diagram. Hello, and welcome to a Warus line. My name's Tony. Let me introduce you to Ant, Tone, and to Matt. I'm not moving. We're three friends who, on a regular basis, are going to introduce you to subjects that you'd never even thought about. In this episode, we're going to talk about dangerous washing up, affectations that we've adopted, and dual compartment underwear. See, I don't mind that. I, I think that's all right. As long as, you, as long as you're sensible and careful and you don't clean it downwards, because obviously that's going to end in disaster. As long as you wipe upwards and inwards, then I, I don't mind that. I, I, I think there's a lot worse things to have to wash up in the, in the kitchen department. The, the worst one, if, somebody, if somebody's used the fine grate cheese setting on your standard box cheese grater, that that's worse than your your wide um great setting i'll give you that that and the zest a bit yeah you're right the zesty bit is just i've never i've had, I'm, I'm a greater enthusiast and i've never used anything apart from the main big grate you've never used that horrible little prickly one down the side what is it it's a zester thing. what zesting your lemon yeah i've never lested a lemon in my life <laughs> You molest the Zeman. Never. <laughs> we needed a new grater, um, and I thought for a lovely Christmas present, um, I'd, I'd, I'd buy one as a surprise. And um, that got you know how to spoil a girl, don't you? Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. Got me some brownie points. But I went into one of them fancy kitchen shops that you have in the the mall and the mall in the shopping centre. Not Poundland. Right. Certainly wasn't bloody pound land because I took it to the till and it was, it, I thought it was a bit fancy because it had a rubber handle and it had a bit where you grated it. There was a, a, a see-through Tupperware type compartment with measures up the side that as you grated it filled up that, that thing. I thought, well, that's good. Took it to the counter. 56 quid for a bloody grater. Can you believe it? Have you stamped on it with your Cuban heel in front of the uh, shop assistant then symbolically turned your back? Oh, I should have done, shouldn't I? You know your cheese grater? Yes. Is yours uh, like a a box one or is it like a triangle, if you look from above? Uh, where it flares out at the bottom. You do. <laughs> you do. <laughs> um, Matt, I have to say, I've, I've never heard of a triangular sectioned box cheese grater. You know the internet? Yes. <laughs> yes, I do. I've heard of it, yes. Which apparently they have on computers now. But um, I saw a thing that, you know, if you get your regular box grater, what, you know these kind of things like, what you're meant to do is you put it on your work surface, or your, let's say your, your chopping board, and you hold it down, and you put the, and you tell it's vertical, and you put the cheese on top, and give it a right good grating, and it whilst holding it down, and all the cheese just goes into the grater, and then you tip it out. Rather than I normally hold it awkwardly. Ah, up, 
I'm the same as you, Matt. I remember I've got a bone to pick with you. Oh, God. Is this when we lived together? Yeah. Oh, God. You'd, when you was courting, now your good lady wife, yes. you had her parents round for dinner once, right? Did and I? I remember that you, that, that you were going on holiday straight after you'd, like the dinner party, right? Really? And I just left you to it. And I went down like later on that evening and you'd, you'd, you'd had the dinner, you'd packed, you'd gone. Went into the kitchen. Had you done it? Had you done oh. one cent of washing up? Had you buffalo? <laughs> I'm sorry, I apologize. Every single pot and pan and plate, and that was dirty, and you'd fucked off to Spain. <laughs> you had to clean math. That's who. I'm sorry, I apologize. Sincerely apologize because that's a dick move. I have, I it apology. Doesn't surprise me. It would be the sort of thing I'd have done. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm not. You would have done something you did do. I think we've all worked out I don't do a lot of work. <laughs> in, in. So, but I do, you washed up? I do wash up. That time, I remember it once distinctly you washed up. It was a Thursday. Get out of town. <laughs> Get out of town. And But the one thing that I would rather nobody use, in fact, I might throw it away secretly, is the garlic press. I hate cleaning out the garlic press when it's called a mush in the bottom of it and you have to scrape it with your finger first to get the stuff out and it's that um i don't mind it. it you know you can open it up and then rush it under the tap it's just a falafel but it's that and the whisk the bloody whisk i hate washing up the whisk yeah, whisk of a sod yeah if i worked in the kitchen i'd rather not whisk things and have to wash it up afterwards just uh, i get disposable whisks in every day yeah, or just not have meringue, because I think that's all you use a whisk for, isn't it? Pancakes. Pancakes? Mm. They come in a packet. That is a fork for a pancake. Do you want to whisk your batter? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think the uh, clues in the... Um, again, do you know what, Anthony, uh, Tony only told us the other day what a verb and an adverb and a noun is. I've forgotten already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is whisk? Is that a verb? No, well, whisk is a name, and it that's a noun. So in this in this example, a, a whisk as an object is a noun, and yes. a whisk as an action is a verb. Oh, so both, both. Yeah. Right. Happy days. <laughs> but I would suggest that the best way to clean your whisk is some vigorous whisk action in a bowl of hot soapy water. Well, I've worked out a better way than that. If you scrunch all the bits of the whisk up together and pull it really hard, they come out the handle. And then you can do each one individually and then throw it away because it's broken. I, I think one of the one of the most dangerous washing up experiences is your mandolin. Um, now that, that's something that requires a risk assessment. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Did you say mandolin? That's a guitar. Ma mandolin. That's a little guitar. Yeah. No, no, no. And you've got one. So what are you doing cooking with a man? I'm not coming to your house for tea. I think they play it on Maggie May, didn't they? Yeah, they do. It's got loads of strings on it. So, what are you cooking with that for? Get on this pony. Now, I know you're playing with me, Ant, because <laughs> I, I have had a fondue round your flat. Yeah, but there was no music. You chopped the vegetables for the cheese sauce on a mandolin. Did I? You did. What is it then? So it's a kind of slicey thing. So, so it, it's um, you, you, you hold your, your vegetable, be it carrot, pepper, whatever, 
in a kind of spiky holy thing and you slide it up and down with a good wrist action uh, over this kind of I don't know how to describe it like a slide thing I know what you mean with a blade yeah and you can adjust with a knob on the side yes yeah. you want the slice and you can have slices of your chosen vegetable um and you just slide up and down with, yeah. with a I, solid I, wrist action I didn't think it was a thing I just thought it was something that mum got from Poundland like a novelty <laughs> thing it's called a mandolin and oh. it's blooming dangerous in the washing up. Did you have a chip pan? Don't think so. I think in the 70s people had chip pans and they'd have the same oil in no, there. No, the pressure cooker, would it? Wasn't that the thing? Oh, that chip pan. It was just a big toenail till you. It was just a big saucepan of oil with like a little basket in it. Yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. But people, I'm sure people used to keep the same oil in them from one decade to the next, really. You <laughs> quite there two, yeah, there, there was two things. So you, you're right, the 70s was the decade of the open basket chip pan and the chip pan fire was quite common in the 70s. Mm. What um, a coincidence. So you, the, the 80s was your decade of the enclosed chip pan, otherwise known as the deep fat fryer. Right. Uh, and that's the one that, that had the kind of lockdown lid on it, your, your temperature, um, and you could... You could do anything in one of those. In fact, I even deep fried an egg once. Is yeah. crack crack the egg in like you would a frying pan, but you end up with a kind of like a spherical <laughs> kind of looked a bit funny enough when I first saw a representation on BBC News of the coronavirus with all its kind of spiky sticky outfits. <laughs> that, that, that reminded me of the deep fat fried egg of the eighties. Um, I noticed the other day, Matt, that you've adopted an affectation where yeah. you, you can't drink a tin of Coke without cocking your little finger like you're having tea with the Queen. Yeah, that's something I've kind of, um, I think I've been doing that since childhood. I think that I once, do you remember in the 80s you used to get loads of sitcoms on? Every night there was a sitcom like Never the Twain, Tripper's Day. What? Yeah, Trippers. I think that was where um, it was uh, Leonard Rossiter was a supermarket manager. I've never heard of that one. <laughs> yeah, of course, Leonard Rossiter. Yeah, no, I've heard of him. I've yeah. I've heard of Trippers Day before. Yeah. And I used to watch them all. And I remember someone making a joke about it. You're sort of like, it's one of them things like cucumber sandwiches or extending your little fat finger when you drink, like a, when you drink. And I think I just started doing it because it was something new, and I've never quite been able to shake it, really. It's uh, quite a strange effect, and now it becomes second nature. Yeah, it's quite hard to pick out your own affectations. See, I, I do have a, a beverage affectation. Which, yeah. Which I, I, I've now got, like you, I've got to that point where I don't even realise I do it. Yeah. And, and, and and I was really shocked the other day, well, the other day, a few weeks ago in the office, um, where I, I did my little affectation um, and somebody replied to my aff affectation with a really obvious reply. And yeah. I was really shocked to hear it. So the affectation is this. So every time I stir a cup of tea or coffee or whatever to shake the liquid off the teaspoon. Yeah. I'm going to try and demonstrate this. I don't know how loud it'll be on the microphone, but I have to do this. I have to go like, But I don't do the at the end. So, so yeah. 
Anyway, so I'm in the kitchen at work, stirred some, stirred some tea, and I've done the... My colleague, of course, went... <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, you can't end up... Do you know, I've, I had exact... Well, almost exactly the same thing. When I was at work, I used to um, do the same thing to my tea, but I got into a habit of... Um, do you know the Led Zeppelin song called Bring It On Home? I do. Do you know, do you remember the drum beat at the start goes, da 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 And then yes. he goes down, down, da 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 down, da da down, da I'd always stir my tea and then I'd end up with going like, da 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 <laughs> Until I got told it was getting on everyone's teeth. <laughs> I had to sort of stop it. That's, that's a true story, that is really. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have another one where um, whenever I open a packet of crisps, I, I open them from the from the bottom, so what you would traditionally yeah <laughs> they all fall out to be the bottom yeah. of the crisp. And I've I've done this for I think as long as I can remember, and I do yeah. it without thinking. Every single time I grab a packet of crisps, yeah, I just open it from the bottom. I don't don't think about it. I just 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 do it. And and I I, I was was in in the office. Um, and one of the girls in the office said to me sometime ago, she said, um, she said, I've noticed you always open a packet of crisps from the bottom. Mm. I don't know why I do this. But anyway, I said to her, well, the, the reason why is because when they fill a packet of crisps in the factory, they fill it from the top. So that means the ones that have gone into the crisp packet, um, you know, first will be the oldest crisps. And of course, whenever you eat anything, you always want to eat the oldest ones first and work your way through to the freshest ones. <laughs> right. And, I, and, I, and I, I thought well, that's genius. That's, that's a that's a that's a great way of describing why I do what 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 I do. Yeah. Um, and then I saw a program called um, um, I think it's called How It's Made or Inside the Factory. Uh, I don't know. It's on one of these obscure kind of. Oh, uh, it won't be. That's a big channel down um, mm. late at night. Um, and and they were. They were they were they were making Pringles, yeah. And 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 Pringles are interesting because they put the um, the foil and the plastic cap on first, yeah. Um, and and the Pringles are inserted from what will now become the bottom of the Pringles. Yeah. Oh. That means that even me as a as a bottom crisp packet entry person, a hey, bottom enthusiast, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I get myself a. Um, would you call it a tube of Pringles? Yeah, a pipe, a, a pipe of Pringles. A pipe of Pringles. <laughs> so, so when one gets oneself a pipe of Pringles <laughs> and one opens it, because quite frankly, you need a can opener to open it any other way, wouldn't you? You yeah. take your plastic top off and you peel it back. I'm still actually taking the oldest Pringle first. And yeah. Yeah, so I was quite proud of that. And then, then I, was, um, I was at a festival last summer. And um, and I, the amount of times people have said to me, "Why did you open that at the bottom?" And I've explained about the freshest one and all that mm. kind of utter bollocks. And uh, and this guy said to me, "Why why have you opened your packet from the bottom?" And I explained. He said, "So do you just like opening your crisp packets upside down?" And you've developed this story to justify. Yeah. I said, "Absolutely yes." <laughs> your number. <laughs> yes. yeah. I've been found out. <laughs> my my choice of pant was was that of my mother i don't think i chose a pant at all um and probably the first time i became conscious of my underwear was probably the secondary school um pe changing room 
yeah. where, where people would start to notice. And if, if you were ridiculed for the Paisley Y front, mm -hmm. um, th then perhaps you might start thinking differently about uh, an underwear choice. And yeah. perhaps you might start to influence the underwear choice at that point. So you were, you were wearing your mum's pants in the changing room <laughs> at school? No, my, my mother didn't wear Paisley wife fronts, and nor did I, to be honest. But I do remember a... a do you remember that, that, that the pants that was... It wasn't a wife front, but it was like a... It was... It, it kind of... Instead of a Y, it had kind of two... two yeah. Yeah. And, and one of them was like a... Just a, not embroidered, but like a, a sort of a taped seam. And the other was a, like a, a fake exit and the other one had that kind of hole down the other side have you ever used the hole either of you no one used the hole i i used to when i was really young because i thought that was a that was a that was a big thing that was that was where you went and got it from but i have to say that that i'm, I'm ambivalent when i'm when i'm making an uh, a pant purchase now <laughs> i'm ambivalent as to whether or not it has um has a, an exit because effectively we're going up over the waistband that, that's where we're right. coming out um yeah well you say that, but I do remember thinking myself a bit special because I worked out all on my own that actually, if you just pulled one pant leg to the side and up, you could get the whole lot out from below and do it that way. And I thought I'd stumbled across something genius at the time. I was anti-conventional, you see. I wasn't one of these pull the waistband down types. I just oiked the leg out to the side and pulled the old package out and use it that way. Thought I was time saving, you see. But anyway, I think there, there was a moment in my teenage years where I started to have an influence um, over the, 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 the pant choice. And the first, the first moment of self-conscious is the PE changing room. The second moment of self-conscious is where you think a member of the opposite sex or whichever sex you happen to fancy is going to see you in your underwear and it matters as to what they're gonna see when the trousers come down. And I, I would say this is kind of mid-teens, 15, 16 kind of age. And that's when it started to matter. But at that point, your choice was your Marks and Spencer's wife front or your basic boxer short. Ooh, Marks and Spencer's. Posh, <laughs> middle-class family. Well, yeah, Woolworth, I had Woolworth's knickers, mate, and Pimsoles, <laughs> Marks and Spencer's. Because you're a couple of years older than us. Oh, thank you. So I'd like to remind you, <laughs> Granddad. Because um, I can remember, I would say circa 1987, uh, like boxer shorts seemed to hit the scene in a big way. And I yep. can remember in our school, and again, it was in the PE changing rooms, like if you were still wearing your little, your kind of little boy pants, it was a bit of a shame, it was a bit of a cuss. It was. And, and I can remember... The coolest boxer shorts you could wear were Flintstones ones, right? Yes. Do you remember? <laughs> yeah. And I remember the cool kids in PE, you know you had your little PE shorts, would wear their Flintstones boxer shorts under their PE shorts, but they'd pull the leg of the, <laughs> of the, of the boxer shorts down so they were like, you had a good few inches <laughs> like below the leg of the shorts. Can you remember that, Anne? I, I can. I, I, I do remember the Flintstones. I remember... You know, obviously, most of our shopping was done at QS up the parade, a tiny little clothes yeah. shop, like single door entry kind of affair. Yeah. And the, the, they didn't quite stock your Flintstones range. Mine were more like the Flintstands, I think. 
a knockoff Flintstone, very cheap Cockney kind of. But yeah. I was so proud of them. Yes. But I think from that moment, boxer shorts hit big. And if you wore your Marks and Spencer's pants, then you'd kind of, it was, you'd do a lifetime's worth of cussing if you were seen with them in the changing rooms. But then I think boxer shorts stayed around for a long time. But um, I've, I've kind of eschewed the boxer shorts now. And uh, because, you know, uh, you know, jeans have got quite slim in the last decade and they've yes. got a very tight crutch. And I find that if I wear boxer shorts now, everything goes down one leg. Unsightly, <laughs> uncomfortable, just just sort of bad news all around. So I, I've gone full circle back round to the Marks and Spencer's tight pants. You know? I'm jealous you can get everything down one leg. Well, it's, it's as very tight as they are. Yeah, I, well, you, they do say what size do you dress side do you dress to, don't they? You know, I've never known how to answer that. Sort of like the West. The West. <laughs> yeah. I wish they'd make a pant that was like a a wonder bra you know one that just before you took your trousers off so in your trousers if anybody was gonna have a little look they think packing yeah <laughs> nice. he's got a derma o'leary going on I've, I've got a um um i like to call it my my um pant theory um, right but, but bear with me while i explain because I've, I've put a lot of thought into this over the years so let's let's just imagine, if you will, that you own ten pairs of pants. Okay. And let's also imagine that a pair of pants lasts, let's say, one hundred washes. So you know, if you wore the same pair of pants every single day and you washed it overnight, um, then then over one hundred days they're worn out, they're gone. You throw them away. Yeah. So so for the sake of this for this example, you own ten pairs. Each pair will last hundred washes. So in other words, if you owned that set of 10 pairs for 1,000 days, 10 times 100, you'd have to throw the whole lot away and start again with, with new pants 1,000 days later. You follow me so far? Yeah. Okay. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm, I'm, yeah, keep going. So in reality, these, okay. these 10 pants in your collection are going to have varying levels of wear. So when you go to your underwear drawer and you're about to choose the pair of pants to put on for that day, do you, A, choose the freshest, cleanest, best elastic, least faded, least scraggy, most modern pair? Or B, did I say A or did I say one? I think I said A. So B, <laughs> do, you, do you choose the, the, the worst pair? so that you can get that pair to its 100th wear as quickly as possible, or do you go for the best pant first? Well, I'm going to throw a spanner in your pants works here, really, because I'm a, you see, I'm a strange guy, and I run a democracy. <laughs> Sorry. So what I do, I've got quite long drawers, and I'm talking about my chest of drawers, not the, uh, <laughs> not the actual pant. Um, but when I've, when I've washed and uh, washed my pants and dried them, I put them to the back of my long drawer and I take from the front. Oh. So I've got a strict rotational system. Same with my socks. So they all should really be worn in, in, uh, in, in order, really. So you're not, fav not I don't play favourites around here, you see. <laughs> so does that mean, Matt, that, that the, every single pant in your rotation 
will expire at the same point. Well, no, yeah, well, no, well, yeah. The, see, the thing is, they were bought at different times. Because, <laughs> you, you know, we're, we're old men now, right? You know when you reach a certain age, if you want something, you buy it, right? Yes. I've got, I've, I've, there's a point behind this. So when it does come to Christmas, I'm always like pants, socks, <laughs> you know, stuff that you can't be asked to buy yourself. So really, they get replenished kind of every year. And it may be for a birthday, which is midway through the year anyway. So basically, they are at varying levels of age, but I still treat them all the same. They're, they're all equal in my eyes. <laughs> well, I think um, I think probably we, we should um, we should declare our hand a little here because we've been teasing our listener, uh, Keith. Um, Keith, good old Keith. The, yeah, Keith there in our listener. We've been teasing Keith because um, we had um, we had a conversation um, a little while ago about how, as uh, being a man of a certain age, and perhaps less elasticity in the in the gentleman's department things hang in a way that perhaps they didn't hang when we were younger and and i went on a on a quest for comfortable underwear and i I tried a lot of different things and what i what i came up with this won't be a surprise to you for obvious reasons was something called dual compartment underwear and I was so impressed with dual compartment underwear that I told you guys about it a little while ago. And you seemed yeah. a little bit impressed by the idea that two things could happen. One is that you get a level of comfort that perhaps you hadn't experienced before. And secondly, you get a level of presentation that you perhaps hadn't yeah. experienced before. And <laughs> in, in my life, I have bought underwear for other human beings. Every single one of those people up until two weeks ago was a partner of mine. For the first time in my life, two weeks ago, I bought underwear for male friends of mine. And, and you are both the proud recipients of Amazon deliveries of dual compartment underwear. Yes, so we are. For the benefit of our listener, I think it would be really interesting for you to um, have a look at the dual compartment underwear and perhaps in turn explain uh, what you've got, what it looks like, what it feels like, and if you're brave enough, even give it a little try on. Yep, yeah, I'll, I'll go and get them. Um, I must declare, you said impressed. I wasn't impressed. I was more, um, I think mild disgust was more the sort of feeling I had when you, um, when you described them. But I'm one to try new things. That intrigues me why you were disgusted by a dual compartment pant. Because it does seem to me, I think I said at the time, it's kind of, um, it seems something that middle-aged swingers would be into. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 like, we're all in our 40s or 50s, you know, but you know, you know, if you think of swingers, right, or you might think of an orgy, you know, you think of, beautiful young lithe tanned oiled bodies all kind of beautiful people but then if you watch a channel five documentary <laughs> like, they all like they all look like elton john right? <laughs> <laughs> and that i associate with these pants those kind of like you know looking like jack duckworth type swing <laughs> 
I so hope you're going to prove yourself wrong in the next five minutes. Yeah, but I'm, I've got an open mind. So even though I do think it's a, it's a bit kind of S and M, I'll go and get them. We'll I'll, we'll open them. We'll, we'll, we'll be like one of these YouTubers with a hundred million views for unboxing a flipping train set or something. Yeah, I'm not sharing this video on the uh, Facebook page. Thank you very no. much. <laughs> Well, right, I'll get me package if you pardon the uh, expression. Yeah, I've please. got mine here in front of me. I'll wait for you, Matthew. Uh, right. Have you got the um, the button ready for the uh, the stripper music, Tony? <laughs> <laughs> Insert here. Do 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 do. I'm very excited. <laughs> I don't want to see that. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was. <laughs> I might fill them out a bit. <clears throat> right. Should we do an unboxing then? Who's going yeah, first? first? You go first, Matt. All right then. What are they called? Separatic? Is that the way you pronounce it? Well, I don't know, but I think we should try all, all pronunciations because what I do know is that when, when celebrities mention brand names um, on radio shows and podcasts and whatnot, they tend to send three samples the following day. So yes, we should try Separatech, Separatech. Do we have to? Do we have to say that we've not we're not sponsored by this uh, pant product and by we're no way are we endorsing them? Do we have to do a bit of that? The bloody sea. Yeah, we're not we're not um, we're not sponsored yet, but who knows? This could be a walrus line brought to you by Separatech underwear. That's generous. These all strictly go in rotation, Tony. Even though I, even if I think that they're life changing. <laughs> I can't believe you thought there was one pair of pants in that massive box. Well, it's all about packaging these days, isn't it? You know. <laughs> well, it is with these. You know, I think I ordered a a, um, a USB memory stick before, and it came in like a shoebox. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, can't have too much packaging, Jeff Bezos. Right, they've got a kind of silky feel to them, which is doing nothing to alleviate my kind of thought that they're a bit pervy. They do feel very um, satin, satiny, silky. <laughs> are they like a lycra? They're very stretchy. <laughs> they are. <they're, laughs> it's, it's like a short. I thought they'd be more, more like a pant. They've got a pouch. Oh God, I don't know. <laughs> Blimey. Have you had a look Blimey. inside yet? I'm going to turn the camera to one side because I will disrobe and put them on and no one wants to see uh, me staggering about with my shorts around the ankles hang on <laughs> first in, first impression is looking at the uh looking at the um the, the holdall area is as you said tony there's there's two parts there's a there's a hole and if i'm expected to fill that hole which is probably the size of the top of a marmite jar you've got another thing coming <laughs> and then underneath you said there was there was a nice supporty bit for your um for your chaps but there doesn't seem to be a lot of space in there. I might actually feel that bit. I don't know about the front bit, though. And look, there's a little mouth bit, so you can... Hello. <laughs> They're very nice, though. They look um, they look quite sporty, actually. My Separatex. <laughs> right, I'm going to try mine on. Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> Right, I have them on, but I'm not. I don't think I'm wearing them properly. 
<laughs> you have to arrange yourself once you're in them. Yeah, you need you need the the chap in the top compartment and his boy in the lower compartment. Right. Yeah, I see. Well, I've got them on. It, it goes with the same arrangement as your own anatomy. Trousers yeah, off. They're a bit figure hugging, and I mean literally. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've got them on. They're nice and tight around the legs and bum, but they literally, like, they're shaped around your genitals. Let's be let's be honest, aren't they? Yes. <laughs> I don't like them, Tone. Sorry, I appreciate the gift. <laughs> it just yeah. kind of feels like it just feels like your willy's hanging out <laughs> of a normal pair. I don't think I can feel the front bit. Hang on, let me walk about a bit. I can get everything in the bottom bit. Yeah, but you have to right. What's the top bit for? A can of coke or something? <laughs> that's for your. That's 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 for your dinkle. <laughs> I've got a big saggy bit as well. Well, I'm going to wear them for the for the rest of this chat, but I, I'm not sure. Maybe they take a bit of getting used to. But it just feels like you are wearing some kind of S and M sort of uh, article. Lift up the front flap, Matt. That's fun. The top but, flap, and there it is. Ba-ding! Yeah, no, just it's like very much shaped about. It's like a proper body contour stuff, isn't it? Well, if you've got a body that. Has any contours? Um, I see that it's a new sensation, as uh, <laughs> as uh, in excess pointed out in the eighties. But um, I'm not sure. Can you tuck that bit round back under the bollard bit? I don't know. Don't know. Have you got a flappy bit, or does your gentleman feel the whole thing? No. So so and there's a there's a there's there's a a, a seam that needs to be nestled in behind. Yeah. The boys, yeah, yeah, and and then the chap goes in the goes in the hole at the top, yeah. And we don't need to see. <laughs> we really, really don't need to see. <laughs> God, I think it's the sort of thing that if I was at, like at work or something, I'd wear them like for a day at work, you know, and um, see how I fared. You know, we're busy and less self-conscious, but... Well, I, I think, to be fair to Separatech, who obviously clearly we're aiming to have as our new sponsor, we <laughs> need to give it a good day. They do feel a little bit sexy on the skin. Well, that's... Well, but do you, always, do, you, do you want to feel sexy when you're, uh, when you're digging a hole in the road with your arse in the air, surrounded by hairy-ass blokes in high-vis vests? To each their own. Fair enough, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, I think thank you very much, Tony. It's a very, very nice gift. Well, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'm going to a socially distant street party tomorrow. I'll wear them there. I do feel very but, comfortable now I'm sitting down, but I do feel that if I didn't I hadn't put my jeans back on, I would be slipping off the chair right now and sort of sliding about a bit. It does feel like going back to the old early 90s boxer shorts days you know when you i remember i was running for a bus once and my dinkle came out of my boxer shorts <laughs> you know that sensation where it's sort of hanging it's in between your trouser and your boxer short and you and you're in public you, just, you can't rearrange yourself so you have to kind of live with it 
Am I alone here? Did, did, did anyone else used to have that happen? Not very often. Oh, what the old boxer shorts where it was just a flap, an open flap. Yeah, just a, a slit in the front. Yeah. I, I think yeah. the problem with, with your old fashioned Levi advert plain white 1980s boxer Here it goes again Levi pants. <laughs> I had Woolworths pants. <laughs> So, you've been listening to A Walrus Line, and thank you very much. Thank you to Ant. Get out of town. And thank you to Matt. All right, see you later. And also, thank you to Ian Villander, Graphic Design, for his help with our logo. Uh, You can find Ian at ianv.co.uk. So, if you've enjoyed it, do tell your friends. If you didn't, why are you still listening?